Good morning. Thank you for joining us today. I'm glad you could be here with us, and I hope you get a blessing from being here. We're going to open up with a few songs, and when we're finished, we're going to get into the Word. A special thanks to the ones who provided the music today, and I hope you're blessed by it. So sit back and and enjoy the music as we worship the Lord, and in a few minutes, I'll see you back here. Hey, 
We're going to be continuing on in the Psalms this morning. We're going to be in Psalm 37. We've looked at a couple of these Psalms. We took a little break last week uh, with it being Easter uh, to look at the life of Jesus, but we're going to pick back up where we left off. We last read Psalm 36, and today we're going to be in Psalm 37. Now, it's very likely that Psalm 36 and 37 probably were written all as one. We've separated them and given them different numbers, uh, which helps us to be able to kind of turn through and pick out different things. But uh, it's, it's possible and maybe even likely that uh, 36 and 37 uh, were one psalm. But today we're going to look at Psalm 37, although it will have some similarities to the same things we discussed in Psalm 36. Uh, both of these psalms really focus on the evil the wicked person and the good and godly person. And so we're going to look at this psalm today. It's kind of long. I hate to, to cover this long of a psalm, and we can't cover all the verses. And uh, I didn't really want to split it up into two different series because it's kind of one theme that needs to be taken together. So we're just going to kind of jump around, and we're going to look at some of the verses. We'll start at verse 1, and we'll pick out two or three, four verses uh, here and there along throughout the psalm, and we'll try to cover this whole psalm today, Lord willing. So, I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump into the text. So let's pray. God, I come to you, and I thank you for these words. And dear Lord, I pray that you would just help me to do a good job to preach them and teach them to your people. And I just pray, God, that you would open our ears and open our hearts to hear what you may have to say to us today. And God, I just thank you that we can come together and worship you. And I pray that you hide me behind the cross. And uh, let me preach and teach your word in a mighty way. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to be in verse 1, Psalm 37, verse 1. Going to look at 1 and 2. Do not be agitated by evildoers. Do not envy those who do wrong, for they wither quickly like grass and wilt like tender green plants. Now, do not be agitated by evildoers. Do not envy them. Now, this may be something that we may be guilty of doing especially those of us who walk with the Lord, especially if you are one and you say, boy, I really try to do good and I try to do what's right. And sometimes we look out into the world and we see people who are doing evil and wicked things and we say, boy, it seems like everything's working out good for them. It seems like they're doing what is evil and they're getting rewarded for it. And I'm doing what is good and I'm struggling to get by. Nothing good ever happens in my life. And it may be easy for us to look at evildoers and say, boy, I'm going to quit doing good and I'm just going to do what they're doing. Now, that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to, to see the world and he wants the world to look better to us than following the Lord. He wants us to say, boy, there's more to this world than what the Lord is giving me. But we can't fall into that trap because what the devil makes look enticing in the world are things that the Lord knows are not good for us in the world. And many people do give in to that trap, and they do evil, and it seems like everything's lining up and working out, and they're getting rewarded for doing evil. And in this life, it appears that way, but it won't be that way when they stand before the Lord. One day, we'll all have to answer for what we've done, whether good or whether evil. And, and while our good in this world that we may do, it may not look like it brings the worldly rewards, and it may not do that, but... What we have to remember is that the rewards that we're going to receive from following the Lord are going to be far better for all of eternity than the rewards that we will receive in this world. 
Yeah, we can receive things in this world. We can do evil, and we may have evil worldly things as a result, but they pale in comparison to what the Lord wants to give us for all eternity. It says, For they wither quickly like grass and will wilt like tender green plants. The things that we can acquire, the worldly things, the things that the evildoer acquires and the wicked acquires, well, they're good worldly things, but one day they'll be gone. But what God desires to give you is something that's eternal that won't pass away. So don't fall into the trap. and Don't be agitated. Don't desire to be like evildoers and think they are rewarded for their evil. Yeah, they have worldly rewards, but God wants to give you eternal rewards that are going to be far greater than anything this world has to offer. Let's read a little further in verses 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. So the first couple of verses tell us don't envy evil. Don't, don't, don't desire to be like the wicked person. So how do we combat that? Well, what do we do if we're not supposed to be evil? Well, we're supposed to trust in the Lord and do what is good. If we want to live securely, if we want to have security in our life, that comes in the Lord. Now, we seek and we try to find security in things of this world, but they don't give us the true security that we want. But what God wants to give us is not just things in this world, but he wants to give us a true security for all eternity. So we need to desire to trust in the Lord and not of the things in the world that will be here today and gone tomorrow, but a God who has been and always will be eternal. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Now this is a beautiful verse and one that we need to pay attention to. Delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Now what do we desire in life? Well, we need to realize what our desires are and what God's desires are. Because worldly desires and things that may be natural to us are things that are often not good for us, are things that that are dangerous for us, that are unhealthy for us. Things that may look fun and may seem fun, but may lead to our destruction, may lead us into horrible things in our life. And some people say, well, I'm not going to follow the Lord because I won't ever get to do anything fun. I won't ever get to do the things that I desire. But this verse says that if we trust in the Lord, we can do whatever our heart desires. We'll receive our heart's desires. What does that mean? That all the evil things that we want to do when we come to the Lord, we can do all those evil things? Well, not at all, because something happens when we come to the Lord. The desires that we once had are now gone. The things that we used to want and crave that we thought were good for us, we now find out were not good for us. You see, when we take delight in the Lord, we do get our heart's desires. But when we delight in the Lord, our desires change from what they used to be. Our worldly desires are no longer satisfactory to us. Things that we used to think would bring us pleasure, now we can't even stand to be around and stand to do and stand to take part in. Our desires begin to change because our heart has changed. When we take delight in the Lord, our heart begins to change and the things that used to be fun, we now count as worthless. Because the things that we used to look at as valuable and fun... We looked at at them in that way because we didn't know that there was anything better. And maybe you're that way today. You see things of this world and you think, boy, these things are good. These things are fun. These things are great. But they're only great because you haven't seen something better. But when you experience Jesus Christ, you find out that the things you used to value are completely worthless when they 
are compared with Jesus Christ, who, of, who, who is of eternal worth. So don't do what is evil, but delight in the Lord and let the Lord take care of you and let the Lord provide your heart's desires. That's what David is saying in this psalm here. He says, look, you will dwell in the land securely. Now, David and the Israelites were dwelling in a, in a physical real land. But what God desires for us is to dwell in an even better land, in the presence of Him. And if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, one day we will dwell with Him. And we will find security and we will find peace in Him. When God gave the Israelites the land, it was to be a place of peace. A place where He could give them provision, where He could take care of them. They could be free of their enemy. And He could love them. Now the Israelites were disobedient to Him. They never really experienced that peace and provision that God wanted to give them in its, in its entirety. But if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there's coming a day that we'll go before Him and we'll get to experience His peace and His, and His provision for all of eternity in the way that He desires. He desires for you to be into His presence. And I pray that you'll take delight in Him today and enter into His presence. Let's read a little further. Verse 7. Be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Do not be agitated by one who prospers in his way, by the man who carries out evil plans. Now, verse 7 is good instruction for us, and we need to take heed to what it says there. Be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Now, that may be hard for us to do in today's age, where there always seems like there's noise around, even if not in our ears and our minds. Now, I know I struggle with being in silence. I don't like there to be silence. I like there to be some kind of sound, something going on. But it's in the silence that the Lord often speaks to us. There's a great story in the Old Testament in the book of Kings where Elijah, a prophet of God, had just overcome this great battle. There's an enemy who's, who's chasing him down. Uh, he's, he's wanting to give up, and God speaks to him on this mountain. And all of these crazy, miraculous events occur. Uh, a whirlwind comes, an earthquake comes. All of these things take place. All of these noisy things come. But the Lord wasn't in the midst of all the noise and all the racket. But instead, it says that there was a still, small voice, and that was the Lord. It was in the silence and the calm that the Lord was able to speak to Elijah. And the same is true to you and I. I think that's one of the devil's best tactics to get us from hearing from the Lord. He always keeps the noise going in our ears and in our minds. It's easy, right? We have smartphones. There's always something to listen to and always something to look at. But maybe we just need to take a second and be silent before the Lord. Maybe we just need to see what he want, might want to speak to us. Maybe the Lord is trying to speak to you, but you've got so much other things going on in your life and in your mind, things that are always constant around you, all the noises of this world, that you're not hearing what the Lord has to say. Perhaps we need to listen to verse 7 and be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Listen to him and wait for him to speak in your life. Verse eight, or excuse me, the second part of verse 7 says, Don't be agitated by the one who prospers in his way, by the man who carries out evil plans. Now, we do get agitated, right? We get agitated when we see evil taking place and what seems like a reward coming from that evil. We do get agitated by those things. But this verse says, don't, don't worry about those who are doing evil. Don't let that get you riled up. Don't get angry as a result of that. That's what the next verse says. Verse 8 says, 
Refrain from anger and give up your rage. Do not be agitated. It can only bring harm. Now that's good advice to us as well. Refrain from your anger because it can only bring harm. Now there are lots of things in this world that may get us angry. And boy, when we get angry, uh, we, we begin to say and do things that we shouldn't do. We begin to get overwhelmed by those things that we see that are wicked, that are evil in this world. And there are lots of things in this world that are wicked and that are evil. And there are things that maybe we should be angry about, but we cannot allow our anger to overcome us. The scripture says, be angry and do not sin. But oftentimes we give in to our agitation and we give in to our anger of what we see taking place in our lives or in the world and our anger gets the best of us and we begin to do and say things and worry about things and get consumed by things that we have no control over. All of the wickedness and all of the evil that's in this world is in God's control. God has control over these things. He knows everything that's going on. He's not caught off guard by evil and by wickedness. But boy, we see things, whatever they may be. There are lots of things in this world that may make you angry that are really wicked and evil things. And oftentimes we get on social media, we get on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, and we begin to voice our frustrations and our angers and what needs to happen and what needs to take place and what needs to change. And we get so consumed by those things, we allow our anger to drive us to always vent our frustrations about the evil and what needs to happen. And the things that you may be saying may be true. The evils that are taking place may be horrible evils. But I want to tell you right now that you cannot control those things. You can post and be angry about those things all day, every day. But those things are probably not going to change. The evil people aren't going to change. There's always going to be evil people. But you know who is going to change? You. If you allow your anger and you worry about things that are out of your control to, to rule in your life, boy, it's going to eat you up. That's going to be your main focus. But don't worry about things you have no control over. Don't worry about the evil and the wicked. Don't worry about things that you cannot control. But know that God is in control of all of those things. That God will make all things right. Even these horrible, evil things that we see, boy, they are bad things. I want them to stop. I want them to be dealt with, and one day they will. But I don't have the power to deal with those things. But I know the one who does. There's no thing that will go unpunished. If the wicked continue to live in their wickedness and, and do not turn to the Lord and aren't forgiven for their sins, one day those things are going to be punished. One day those evils are going to be dealt with. But don't, don't ruin your life and get angry about things you cannot control. Don't worry about what the world does, but instead worry about what you do. Instead of spending our time complaining about and looking at what other people should do and how bad other people are, well, maybe we need to look at our own lives and say, okay, God, what can I do? What's evil in my life? God, I may not can change a situation in another country or in another part of the world, 
I mean, I can change situations right here in the country I live in. But God, what can I do? God, how can I be more like you? God, can, how can I help my, my, my thoughts be on, on things to serve you instead of being angry about things I have no control over? There are lots of things that you can do in your life to serve the Lord. There may be lots of things in your life that needs to change. There may be lots of evils in your life that need to change. Maybe you need to stop trying to fix the world's problems and look at your own and say, Lord God, there's evil in my life. There's wickedness in my life. And God, I don't want to change the world. God, I just want you to change me. God, I just want you to use me in the way you can use me. Now, Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He was all-powerful. If anybody could have changed all the evil and dealt with all the evil in an instant, he could have done that. Sure, there were evil things going on in Rome. Sure, there were evil things going on among uh, the people of God, among the Jewish people. Jesus could have fixed all of those worldly problems, all of those political problems. He could have dealt with all of that evil. He had the power to do that. Jesus wasn't concerned about those things. Jesus had greater concerns. His concerns were loving people and taking care of them. Now, he was going to die on a cross, praise the Lord. And all of those evils that were going on in and all the evils that are going on now will be dealt with one day because of his victory on the cross. He gave his life to deal with those things, and one day the wicked will be dealt with. But while he lived, he gave his life as an example for you and I to show us what really mattered, to show us what he cared about. He cared about loving people. He cared about taking care of people. And that's what you and I should care about. That's what you and I should be involved with and working on and consumed with. Not our anger for things we can't control, but helping people that we can by doing things that God has given us the power to do, by loving people that need to be loved, and by giving to people who have a need. That's what Jesus did, and that's what Jesus wants us to do. Don't be overwhelmed by these evil things of the world. Don't let your anger get the best of you. But know that the Lord will deal with and take care of those things and those people when the day comes. Verse 9 says, For evildoers will be destroyed, but those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Isn't that beautiful? The wicked are going to be dealt with. But if you trust in the Lord... One day you'll find that peace and that joy and that comfort and be free of all the wickedness in this world. That's what we desire. I desire to be free of all this wickedness. I can't change it in this world, but I can love the Lord while I'm here and look forward to the day that I'll be freed from it. That God will bless those who are His and God will destroy those who are wicked. What a great day that's going to be. Let's read a little further. Verse 10. A little while, and the wicked person will be no more. And though you look for him, he will not be there. The wicked's going to be gone. There's coming a day for those who put their faith in the Lord that will no longer see the wicked. But the humble will inherit the land and will enjoy abundant prosperity. Now that's what God desires of us. He's desired that from the beginning, to give his people a place where they could be at peace and they could be provided for by Him. That's what God desired for His people in the Old Testament, for Israel. 
And that's what he desires for us today. For those of us who put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, God has prepared a place for us that one day we will be with him. We will be with him in his presence, in his land, and we will be in his peace, and we will be in his protection, and we will be abundantly provided for for all of eternity. And when that day comes, the wicked will be gone, but the faithful to the Lord will be there and be taken care of. Verses 16 and 17. The little that the righteous man has is better than the abundance of many wicked people. Now we need to think about that for a second. Because when we look around in the world and we see people that are wicked and people that are doing wrong and cheating people, and it looks as though that they are that they are coming out ahead and that they're doing better and that they're doing great in their life, we may say, boy, why am I doing good? I want more of what this world has to offer. But what this world has to offer is only going to lead to, to, to just heartache, to just more drama, to more sin, to more burden. That's what the world has to offer. Yeah, we may have materialistic things, but boy, if that's all our trust is in, those things are not going to lead to any peace in our life. This a psalm says a similar thing to a proverb. One of my favorite proverbs says, uh, better to have a dry crumb with peace uh, than a house full of feasting with strife. And that's exactly what David's saying here. Boy, what little the righteous has is better than the abundance of the evil. Now, if we've got the Lord in our life, we've got something far better than what the world has to offer. If you don't have the Lord in your life and you're still seeking for the uh, things of the world, well, you already know that you don't feel fulfilled. You, you still feel stressed. You feel, still feel burdened. You still feel the weight of that. But when you come to the Lord and trust Him, are there days where there's stress? Yeah, for sure. Are there days that there are burdens? There are. But there's a certain peace and a certain joy that comes when you know, you know what, I don't have to carry this burden or this stress, but I'm going to give it to the Lord. So better to be abundant in the Lord Better to be trusting in Him. Better to have just a little bit of God than to have a whole lot of the world. Because the world only brings with it sin and strife. But the Lord brings with Him peace and joy. Verse 17, For the arms of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord supports the righteous. That's a great way to think about things. Now in our life, oftentimes we want to do it ourselves. We like to think we're in control. We just talked about that. When we see evil and when we see things that get us worked up, we get worked up because we want to do a better way, because we know a better way, because our way is best, and we want to be in control. And we try to do things on our own, what we can do, what we have the power to do. We want to do it our way. But verse 17 says, The arms of the wicked will be broken. That is, all of our strength, whatever we can do on our own, it won't stand. We are not in control. There's nothing that we can do to deliver ourselves. If we trust in our own worldly strength and our own worldly possessions and what we have, well, it's going to one day be broken. But those who trust in the Lord, the Lord supports. The Lord supports the righteous. Now, that's a beautiful thing. You see, we want to do it our way, but our way is going to break one day. But the Lord's way never fails. It's always there supporting us if we put our faith and trust in Him. Now, whose ways are you trusting in today? Are you trusting in your ways or are you trusting in the Lord's ways? 
Now, I know we have a tendency to think that our way is best, that we know what's best. That's true for even Christians, that we know the best way to do things. But the more and more that we grow in the Lord, the more and more that we read God's Word, hopefully we see, you know what? God's way is the best way. One of my favorite scriptures says, God's ways are higher than our ways, and God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Are you living by your ways, or are you living by God's ways? Because I'll tell you, your ways will just leave you broken, but God's ways will keep you lifted up. Let's read down a little further, verse 21, 21 and 22. The wicked man borrows and does not repay, but the righteous one is gracious and giving. Those who are blessed by him will inherit the land, but those cursed by him will be destroyed. Now here we see the heart of the righteous and the wicked spelled out for us here. What does the wicked care about? Well, the wicked cares about himself. That's all the wicked cares about. What can I get for me? What can I do for me? But not the righteous. If we're God's people, if we want to be like God, then we can't care just about ourselves. But instead, we care about others. But the righteous one is gracious and giving. That's one of the best ways we can grow in the Lord is to give to help other people. Now, it may be, it may be items that we have, maybe food or clothing. Maybe you have something extra in your home that you can give to help someone in need. Maybe it's money. But that's one of the greatest ways we can grow is to say, Lord, I'm going to give something that you've blessed me with. I'm going to give it to others. Now, that may be hard to do because there are things that we want and things that we desire and things that we love in our life. But boy, the more we grow in the Lord, the more that we want to give and to help other people. And that's part of that process. Boy, when we, if, you, if you live in wickedness, when we first come to the Lord, it may be hard for us to begin to give. But as we grow in the Lord, boy, we desire to give back what the Lord has given to us. Let's read a little further. Verse 23, a man's steps are established by the Lord and he takes pleasure in his way. Though he falls, he will not be overwhelmed because the Lord holds his hands. Another beautiful example of God being there with us, similar to the one we just looked at a few verses before. If we walk with the Lord, we will not be overwhelmed. Will storms still arise in our life? Absolutely. Will things still be difficult in our life? Absolutely. There will be tough days still in our life, but if we walk with the Lord, the Scripture says we will not be overwhelmed, but the Lord will hold us with His hand. I think about the story of Peter in the New Testament when Jesus is walking on water and Peter wants to come out to him and Jesus says, come on out. And Jesus, or excuse me, Peter gets out of the boat and he begins to walk. But then as his fear begins to overwhelm him and he's beginning to drown, it's Jesus who reaches down his hand and picks Peter up and lifts him up and saves him in the midst of the storm. And this verse is a beautiful description of just that very thing, that those who walk with the Lord he is there to lift us up when we have fallen. Now, if you're not walking with the Lord, I want to tell you you're walking alone. And if you're walking alone and you fall, then there's no help for you. You need someone there with you. So in the midst of your troubles and your trials, when you fall, you'll have someone there to lead you to safety. You'll have someone there to deliver you and take care of you. And that's what the Lord does for us. When we put our trust in Him, 
He is there to lift us up on the days that we fall. Because even when we follow him, there are days that we fall. But he's always there with us to deliver us. Let's read a little further. Verse 25. I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous abandoned or his children begging for bread. He is always generous, always lending, and his children are a blessing. David says, I've seen it my whole life, from the time I was young to the time that I'm old, that God takes care of those who are his, that God blesses his children. Now, if you've never come to the Lord, you've never experienced his blessing. You've never experienced him taking care of you, but I want to tell you he wants to. There are some of you watching this and you say, well, I hadn't experienced God blessing, God's blessing in a while. I don't feel God's presence. I just don't, I don't feel good in my life. Well, it may be that you've left the Lord. Not that the Lord has left you, but that you've left the Lord. There's a story in the New Testament. It's, it's usually called the story of the prodigal son. You may have heard it or may not. It's about a young man who is at home with his father and decides that being at home with the father is not, is not any fun. He wants to go on his own way. He asks his father for an early inheritance, and off the young man goes, and he lives for the world and lives a good life until the money runs out, and he finds that his situation is not very good at all. And he says, boy, it was better when I was at my father's house. At least then I was taken care of. So he says, I'm going back, and I'm going to plan out this big old speech, and as I come to my father, I'm going to put this speech on him, and maybe, just maybe, he'll let me come back as a servant. And so this young man begins to go back to the father. And as he gets close to the father, as the father sees him coming in the distance, the father runs to him and he grabs him and he says, My son has come home. He says, Let's kill the best cow we've got. Let's have a feast because my son has come home. And there this young man who had left the father's house had come home and now the father is welcoming him in and providing for him over and above anything he ever could have imagined. I want to tell you that God will do that for you today. Maybe you've left the Lord. Maybe you've never come to the Lord. But I want to tell you that when you do, when you say, God, I've discovered my sinful ways and my worldly ways aren't good enough, but God, I'm coming to you. When you do, God will welcome you with open arms and he will provide for you and take care of you. In the same way the father did for the prodigal son, David says, I've seen it from the time I've young, uh, I, I was young till the time that I'm old, that God provides for and takes care of those who are his. And I hope today you are being provided for because you're a child of God. Let's read a little further. Verses 27 through 29. Turn away from evil and do what is good and dwell there forever. For the Lord loves justice and will not abandon his faithful ones. They are kept safe forever, but the children of the wicked will be destroyed. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it permanently. So what's our instruction from all of this? Are there going to be evil people? Absolutely. Are there going to be good and righteous people? Absolutely. Well, which one are you going to be? Well, verse 27 says, Turn away from evil and do what is good. I hope today that you turn from whatever evil's in your life. I hope you turn to what is good, and that is Jesus Christ. We all have the choice to make. Are we going to do what is evil, or are we going to do what is good? Now, the evil choice looks tempting to us in this life. 
devil has a great trick that he does. He makes the evil of this world look good, and he makes the good of God look evil. Boy, he's so good at twisting those things and, and, and making them look better or worse than they really are. But don't choose the things of this world. They look beautiful today, but I'm going to tell you they'll be gone tomorrow. Following the Lord may not look beautiful to you now, but I want to tell you once you come to Jesus Christ, once you see Him and know that He loves you and will forgive you, I'm going to tell you that'll be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen when you see it. And you'll say, boy, how have I missed this my whole life? How did I miss something so good and so beautiful? I want to tell you today that Jesus' love is good and it's beautiful and it's better than anything of the world. And you have a choice. We all have a choice. Are we going to do what is evil or are we going to do what is good? We can do the evil of the world and get the wicked things of the world, but they'll be gone. But I'm going to tell you, if you put your faith and trust in the Lord, you'll experience His goodness for all of eternity. He will provide for you for all time. Your sins will be forgiven and you will experience a love that you've never experienced before. So turn from what is evil and come to the goodness of the Lord in Jesus Christ. Let's read a little further. Verse 34, 34 through 36. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will watch when the wicked are destroyed. I have seen a wicked, violent man, well-rooted and a flourishing native tree. Then I passed by and noticed he was gone. I searched for him, but he could not be found. If you're doing good in this world, if you're living for the Lord in this world, then keep on doing it. It may look like things aren't lining up for you, at least in a worldly sense, that you're not getting the blessings and the things of this world. And maybe you're not. But if you're doing what's good, if you're doing what's right, if you're following the Lord, then keep following the Lord. It says, wait for the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you. Now that's hard. We talked about earlier being silent to listen for the Lord. Well, this is a hard one too, to wait for the Lord. We don't want to wait for the Lord. We have an instant world when in five seconds we can pick out our phone and we can find anything we want to find to listen to, to watch, to read. We want everything right now. But God doesn't always work right now. God works in His time. And His time is not our time. Sometimes God's time is a day, a week, a month, a year, a lifetime. God always works in His time. He always has and He always will. So wait for the Lord. Don't say, boy, I'm tired of doing good, but keep doing good. Keep following Him. Yeah, you may not get the blessings and the things are the things that this world would call blessings. You may not get all the, the wealth of the world and the things of the world, but I want to tell you those aren't really blessings, but what the Lord wants to give you are real blessings. So don't get tired of doing good. Keep doing good because when the day comes, if you've been faithful to follow the Lord, He's going to bless you. He's going to bless you for all eternity. And the wicked, what does it say of the wicked? Well, one day they're going to be gone. We'll look around and the wicked will be no more. Don't get tired of doing what is good. Wait on the Lord. You say, well, I've been waiting and the Lord still hasn't answered my prayers. He still hasn't done what I want Him to do. Well, keep waiting. It may not be His will for Him to do what you want Him to do. Or it may be that it's just not the right time. But wait for the Lord. How long do we wait? We wait until we're with Him. 
That's how long we wait. We wait for the Lord. We wait for Him to work in our life. And sometimes He does in this world in a miraculous and beautiful way and blesses us and takes care of our situations and answers our prayers. And other times He doesn't. But whether He answers the prayers we ask or not, He's still a God worthy of our praise. And if He doesn't do what we ask Him, it's because it's not His will. So whatever it is in our life that we're waiting on on the Lord, then just keep waiting on the Lord. Don't give up. Don't say, I'm tired of being good. I want to do evil. There's no reward in evil. The devil will make it look like there is in this world, but I want to tell you what, if you keep trusting the Lord, there will be a greater reward for you for all of eternity that you cannot even imagine. So wait for the Lord. Verses 39 and 40. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord, their refuge in a time of distress. The Lord helps and delivers them. He will deliver them from the wicked and will save them because they take refuge in Him. Now what a beautiful way to close this, this whole chapter. There's been a back and forth about the wicked. Yeah, the, the, the wicked do evil things. It seems as though life's going good for them. But don't be fooled. Don't live like the wicked. Don't desire to live like the wicked. But, but live for the Lord. It may not be a glorious life in this world, but it's going to be a glorious life for all of eternity. Don't worry about the wicked. Don't get angry about the wicked, about things that we see going on. God will deal with those things. But deal with your own life. Deal with your own sin. And love other people. Do things you can do. Don't get consumed by things you can't control, but, but do what you can do. Do the things that God's put in your path. Help people that may need to be helped. Love people that need to be loved. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ because it says the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. Their refuge in a time of distress. The Lord delivers them. Now, if you're looking for a refuge, if you're in distress today, if you want peace, I'm going to tell you, you can't find it in the world. You may look at people in the world that are doing evil and wicked and you think they got it made, but I'll tell you what they've got. They've got sin and burden and strife and drama and all of these things in their life. That's what they've got. They don't have any peace and comfort and joy. But I want to tell you, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you may not get all the things of this world, but you'll have peace and joy in abundance far above anything you could ever imagine. You can have it for all eternity. But salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. And that help in your times of trouble, that refuge in your distress, it only comes through Jesus Christ. I want to tell you today, don't live wicked. Live righteous. Don't live for the world, but live for the Lord. Don't choose the evil life, but choose the good life. And God will bless you and give you peace and joy more than you could ever imagine. Let's pray. God, we come to you and I thank you for your word. I pray that if there's one in this that's watching this today, that's listening to this, that hasn't put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that they would do so. God, maybe there are some, they've been trusting evil and they've been trusting the world for too long, God. I pray that today they realize that there's something better than the world and it's Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, I pray that you help us not to be overcome by our anger, get worried about things that we have no control over. God, there's evil things that are done close to us and other places far from us in the world. God, things that people do and say that get us so worked up and we get angry with, with each other, dear Lord, and get uh, just get agitated. God, help that not to get the better of us. God, so many times we worry about things and get angry about things that we really can't control. 
Dear Lord, we can't control what other people do. But dear Lord, help us to know that one day you're going to deal with with whatever evil there is in the world. One day you're going to bring justice. So God, we don't have to carry that burden of trying to deal with those things now. But let you do it when the time comes. God, I pray that you would help us to do what we can for you now. That if you put opportunities in our path for us to serve and love and take care of other people and to be there for them, let us do that, dear Lord. Let us not be consumed with things we don't have any power over, but let us be consumed with things that that you want us to do, dear Lord, that you give us the power to. And God, I pray that if there are some that are yours, maybe that are that have, have strayed away from you, maybe they they see the way of the world and it looks enticing. God, don't let us give in to that. Let us keep doing good, dear Lord. Let us not ever get tired of that. Let us know, God, that you're going to bless us far more than the world. So let us seek you and not the things of the world. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.